Welcome to the Fostering Change Podcast, Season 3. I'm Rob Shear, the founder of Comfort Cases and your host. Together, we have made such a difference in the world. We've met with leaders and change makers in the foster care system. We've met with charities and philanthropists, celebrities, authors, and so much more. We'll continue to bring you guests who will share how together, as a community, we can bring about change. Welcome once again to Fostering Change. Well, you know, it's hard to believe we are on another episode of Fostering Change. You know, there's been so many great things that have happened this year for our podcast. Number one, tenure to be voted the number one podcast when it comes to foster care and adoption. But, you know, I was really absolutely amazed when I received a couple of amazing awards. One is best host, um, second, best content. And let me tell you the reason why because of the guests that I have coming on next. It's the reason that we did this, because I truly do believe that how we bring about change within our country, within our world, and thank you for all those who listen around the world or watch us on our YouTube channel, is that we actually need to make sure that we educate each and every one of us. And that's exactly what my friend is doing. You know, Carrie Vallis has actually written the book, Tummy mom. You know, Carrie, I'm going to jump right in on this because we are in a time in our country that a lot of people are talking about, you know, adoption, about foster care, about the woman's rights. And, you know, and as I was, you know, briefing up on on your book, as I was flying um, back home, it just made me think so much. But which I didn't know about you is you foster 20 children. Yes. Okay. So we got to, before we jump into your book, tell me mom and the other several books that you have written, you've got to tell me about the fostering 20 children. How long do we have? (laughs) You know, there's so many things that come to mind. And years ago, when my husband and I started talking about fostering, I was scared. I was scared to take children in. We had biological children, and I was really worried about the impact it would have on my biological children. And the first thing I said to my husband was, I don't want any of you's children. I can't do it. I was nervous, me being honest. And I'm worried, too, if we bring in children that have been sexually assaulted. We have other children here. And not knowing, those were the first two concerns for me. This was going back probably 10 years ago. And we decided that um, those are my biggest concerns. And we decided to move forward and took in our first two. And God had his plans because what I said that I was worried about was what he brought us. And I learned so much about that. And, you know, sometimes I had no experience. So I think that's the first thing that scares you when you don't know something. I didn't know anything about, you know, abuse or, you know, um, sexual assaults or anything like that. And I was worried about that. And it taught me, it taught my children, my, at the time, my, just my three biological children, so many life lessons, uh, It changed me as a person and it changed me as a person. It changed my children 
It changed our family. It, it taught us so much about, you know, compassion and about life and about um, giving back and helping. And, and it was a really, uh, just being really honest, it was, um, I was scared. And I think sometimes when you're scared, you back away from things. And having so much experience, I've just learned that sometimes the things you're scared of are the things you become really good at. And from taking in all these children, there's been so many different learning, like drug exposed newborns. I had no experience with that. And, you know, children with fetal alcohol syndrome, children with ADHD, children, you know, medical burns, like so many different things that I didn't know about, but I found a really, really deep passion in giving back and speaking up. And I've always been a louder person. And I found that taking these kids in and that voice in me that I used in different ways, I always loved kids, but when something when they needed that deep voice, the children that were sexually assaulted or abused, like I remember picking up a baby in the hospital with burns and the doctor saying, what makes you think those are burns? Because it's easier for them just to kind of push it out. And I said, um, well, <laughs> they look exactly like them. That might be one reason why. But just really finding my voice and advocating for the kids and um Doing, I always, by every child, have thought to get exactly what they've needed and to do what's right for them. And sometimes it doesn't fit in the little box of A, B, and C. And I just fell into this and it's been a blessing. The things that I was scared of, I'm really good at advocating, using my voice. My kids learned so much. Like when I had parents that were um, struggling in treatment, I bring the kids. I first get permission. You know, do you mind if my kids come and meet these parents struggling? So they have such compassion to see the other side. The the other side that we never see, by the way, you know, we immediately think that these are bad people, which by the way, um, you know, I'm not saying all biological parents, um, you know, should have their children back. I mean, as you said about a child being burned, I've had children who've had, you know, broken ribs. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that, but, but when it comes to addiction, when it comes to mental health, this is something that we do not talk about with children. And I think it's something that we do wrong within the legal system. I totally agree. And it has taught me about because it's scary it's scary when you take when you have somebody else's child and then you go to a visit to meet them for me that was scary and like I became so good at it and having such compassion putting myself in their shoes like I remember visiting a parent in jail I'd never been in a jail before and thinking, God, it's Christmas. This must be really, really hard for her. And I want to go. I want to tell her how her child's doing. 
and be there for her. And um, it was scary, but I find the scary things, the things that worry me, I challenge myself. And I think, what would I want to do? Like my books, I want to write them for people to understand and to help. And sometimes it's scary. Like I always tell kids when I work in classrooms, I'm the worst speller ever. (laughs) I can't spell. But guess what I did? I, I write books for kids. And I think a lot of times fear holds us back. Right. And I try not to be fearful and just go, okay. Carrie, I have to, you know, I, and, and we are going to talk about your amazing book, you know, Tell Me Mom. But I, I've got to tell you a couple of things that you really hit on. And it's something that I've been talking about for many, many years now since I started my advocate work in foster care is that I feel like we have done such a disadvantage to children in our system by keeping everybody separated um, and not bringing people together at the table. And I always felt like when a child comes into the system, we should have the birth parents, we should have the foster parents, we should have the CASA worker, we should have the guardian of litem, we should have the social worker, and we should have the child. And they all come together to show the love of this child. And this is what we're going to do. We're here not to be your parents. We're here to help you get be with your parents. And then, you know, maybe the children are too young, so it's just us and not the child. But to know that we are there, I think that we need to foster the parents just as much as we foster the children. Because you know as well as I do, 64% of kids who enter foster care enter because of the word neglect. And we know that that word is no more than what we call poverty. And I, you know, to hear you as a foster parent, I don't get to hear many amazing foster parents, by the way. I'm just going to tell you, you know, as well as I do, there are not as many of you out there as we would love for there to be. But did you have the support within your agencies and your community? Or did you just feel like, I got to do this? I feel at first, I didn't know what I was doing. I was drowning. I had these children that were horrifically abused and no support. And I actually, I think I was, um, you know, severe, severe, severe trauma and screaming around the clock, feral, just this, literally just the screaming sent me over to the point where I raised the flag. And I think we're like month seven. And I said, I can't do this. And I didn't know any foster parents. And this is going back probably, it was 2013. That was We were the same way. We didn't know anyone. Didn't know anybody. And I was stuck with this child that was like, I remember texting my husband a video. I'm like, he sounds like a cougar. Just so injured at 26 months old. Just totally alone going oh my God, this is crazy. Like super isolated. Cause it's not like I could bring them to the ice cream store or soccer felt super alone and slowly started like going, okay, I better go to these. They have these support groups and I better go. And I felt, and I remember my first foster support group, you know, you kind of go around the circle and everybody looked at me and their jaws opened. <laughs> <laughs> like knowing what we were going through in the social worker, I remember kind of hurried past me because there was other new foster parents there. And I think that, and I was real. I'm like, this is what I'm dealing with. I don't know what to do. This is a nightmare. And I felt like they tried to shush me and just went, you know, kind of skipped through and went to the next person. And after they're like, um, can you kind of tone down, you know? Um, same thing. Same thing. 
Same thing. We didn't want to scare the new foster parents. We, mm-hmm. you know, I, same thing. And I'm like you. I mean, I had kids who arrived, you know, with fetal alcohol syndrome, with, you know, shaken baby syndrome, you know, kids who were, you know, had food insecurities and no one, no one. Mm-hmm. I felt was there to help my husband and I. And, you know, that's one of the things that I love about this community at Fostering Change is that, you know, we are bringing people together to say, hey, you're not alone. Because even here in 2022, you know, we see movies and they say, oh, you see all these amazing foster parents sitting around the table. That That's not happening, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you do feel alone. And, you know, my son who had fetal alcohol syndrome, I'll, I'll never, ever, ever forget the story where, you know, we decided to go to Target and my husband always would require that we kept all of their their, um, paperwork that we were their dads in their diaper bag because these are children of color. We are two white men and we're in Target. And all of a sudden my son has one of his meltdowns, you know, with fetal alcohol that's very common, the screaming, the, the spitting, the, and, and so the only thing you could do is take them out of the situation. So I, you know, I scoop him up and, you know, I'm, I'm saying it's okay. And I, you're, you know, just hitting me and, you know, and people are following me out of the store mm-hmm. as I'm putting him in the car. And some gentleman says to me, stop taking that kid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is my son. What we deal with daily. So I, I get it. I get it. It's, you know, and I can't thank you enough. I mean, what an amazing, amazing human being you are. You know, I want to talk about your book. You wrote your book, you know, Tummy Mom, A Story of Adoption. And, you know, for me, we've adopted all five of our beautiful babies. Did you ever adopt any of your children? We've adopted three through foster care. Three through foster care. Mm-hmm. So what made you decide to write this particular book? Um, I think my daughter was, you know, I always, I always want to be open with the kids. She, we got her at two days old. So she didn't have, um, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't remember her birth mom who I had a lovely relationship with. And I always, well, first of all, when kids come into our house, I never say, these are our foster kids. These are our biological kids. Thank these. You. These are just our kids. You know, we've had children of color. There are people ask, who's that? That's my son. You know, we've always, everybody's equal. And I always introduce them. And I've tried to, you know, talk to my daughter about, um, you know, she'll ask, you know, who grew in your tummy when she, at a young age, and I'll tell her, you know, and the other kids, no, they didn't grow in my tummy. What about this one? No, they didn't grow in my tummy. And I was like, how am I going to explain this? (laughs) So I started very basically talking about babies growing in tummies. And that's how it started. And then I draw pictures for her. And I'm like the worst. I'm like, stick, man. (laughs) That's how I draw. Thank goodness I have these awesome illustrators I've used. But I started like drawing pictures and showing her. And when I've written my books, it literally comes to me in an instance. And I was, we were getting ready to go camping. My husband was packing up the trailer and I literally got my phone out. I had our little one who we had for a year and a half sitting next to me. And I was talking to her about her birth mom. And I had my other little one sitting next to me and I was talking to them both. And I said, you want to help me write a book, you guys? 
let's let's write a book about tummy moms. And they looked at me and they kind of giggled and got excited. And I got my phone out and I started to type. And 10 minutes later, my husband's like, okay, we're ready. And I'm like, oh, I just wrote a book. Like I did my other two books. It just comes and wrote it down and went on our vacation. And I called my team and I said, okay, here we go. Book three. And I always run it by, you know, my adoptive friends, my children, my children first, because they're brutal. They're honest. You know, I've taken done some media stuff and I'm like, how did I do? Fine. Let's go eat. Like they could care less. And they'll tell me honestly. Um, and I always watch their reaction and I really listen. So I go to my kids first, my husband, and then I'll, you know, I have some friends um, in foster care who are now adults and I'll write by them. What do you think? Um, and I kind of go from there. And if there's little things that, you know, I've learned, you know, by their input that, that um, they suggest, I'll throw those in. And um, especially with illustrations, because my first one I was very specific was sometimes what I wanted. I had everything drawn. Um, and I've just learned to you know, get opinions of others and then show them my rough, you know, my sketches and whatnot. And, um, you know, really listen, what do you guys think? What do I need? And yeah, I'm just, I, like I said, I, I actually love it. I, you know, the illustrations, um, you know, showing all these beautiful moms. Um, I love the fact I was a little taken back and I'm just going to tell you, cause I'm a guy who I like, I was a little taken back watching the baby grow in the tummy. Um, mm-hmm. because that's, you know, even though we shouldn't be, we should, mm-hmm. you know, the stork is not bringing this baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was glad that you covered that. Listen, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. You know, the book is called tummy mom. You can actually pick this. You they can order this book. Where can we order the book at Carrie? Um, Amazon and my website, CarrieVellis.com. So Amazon, CarrieVellis.com. Listen, if you know somebody who's getting ready to adopt or somebody who even thinks maybe they are going to adopt, they have a child, you know, this is such a great book. You know, I actually took all of my kids are adopted. I actually took the book home. I had my kids, even though they're teenagers now. And they actually, my daughter was like, you know, this is really cool. So listen, we are going to be right back. So, hey, Jen, you know, I am so excited about that sweatshirt that you have on. Can you tell all of our viewers and listeners exactly how they can get one and how can they be a part of Christmas is Not Canceled? Yeah, they can just go to ChristmasIsNotCanceled.com. Check out our merchandise. All of it supports children in need. Join camp. Give a backpack to a child who is experiencing foster care. And let's change the world together. I love that. So again, everybody, go to ChristmasIsNotCanceled.com and you be a part of camp because there is nothing better than going to camp with your friends. Take care. You know, what an amazing first half of our show. You know how much I love to have great conversations. I love when other people bring their opinion in. Um, And it really makes me think, you know, I mean, my friend who's the author of Tummy Mom, um, this is an amazing book. You can pick it up now, Amazon. You can go to her website. Um, She's been a foster mom for 20 years. And something, Carrie, I've got to say that you said when we took, right before we took our break, was that when your children come into your home, you um, 
recognize all of them as your children. And and I write about that in my memoir, where how sad it was that um, I was always, you know, these are my biological children, and this is my foster kid. And it really, really affected me. And it's why I've tried everything to change the vocabulary for people to stop calling them foster children, that these need to be called children in foster care, children experiencing foster Mm -hmm. care. Because the moment that you say the word child, your heart starts to to just absolutely get warmed up. But when you say foster in front of a child, you immediately think, what kind of trouble were they in? What situation were they Mm -hmm. in? Were they abused? Were they, you know, drug addicted? Were they, you know, all of the things that we know that comes along with children who are experiencing foster care. And the thing that we must understand, and I know, you know, I've said this to my listeners and viewers, is that children enter foster care because of choices other people make. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we do understand that that from that utero to about the age of two is the most impressionable time for a child. I mean, it really does. Doctors have said, you know, that is the time where a child is more developed within the brain cycle of attachment and and just that whole trauma. I mean, I remember listening to one of my children, you know, who arrived at, uh, you know, four years old and still could remember the trauma that, that he had gone through. You know, as a young little boy, when I was like, I couldn't remember that, but he, he was vivid about that. So, you know, one of the things that, that, that you talk about is how you'd like to see some changes around the laws when it comes to child abuse and visitation. Can you explain that to me? Goodness. Yes. There's, I feel that some of the children firsthand experience that we have had, one thing that I have fought so hard for if a child is disclosing sexual physical abuse there the department continues to do visits and re-traumatizes the children every single time and I understand that there's a process you need to go through what with birth parents, but I feel very strongly, especially just coming off a, we had a little one for two years and just hitting my head against the wall. This child would make disclosures as many of them do, or there's physical, they have physical injury. And the department sometimes gets so fixated on the birth parents and their rights, they forget about the child. Totally forget. Totally forget the child. And you're sitting there banging your head against the wall, going, this child's throwing up. This child is self-injuring. This child is having severe, unhealthy reactions. And just recently, I was emailing the head, the head of the department And, you know, saying, I understand, you know, the parents have their rights. What about the child's? What are the child's rights? And he said, you'll have to ask the child's attorney. And by the way, good luck getting the child's attorney on the phone. Let me tell you, Kat, this is Carrie, that you and I, um, we were cut out of the same cloth 
because I I I lived it like you lived it. I I literally it took us years to adopt our children. Our children came into the system with bleeding of the brain, shaken baby mm-hmm. syndrome, three broken ribs. Um, they would require this visit. It literally would make my children sick to their stomach. Um, we actually we we caused so much as they called it, we we caused too many waves um, that they transferred us to a different agency because we were asking too many questions. And my my question was, you know, you have a child who's sitting here screaming mm-hmm. not to go into a room because they have been abused before. Um, and we still require that our visitation but nobody wanted to go talk to the therapist about it. Nobody wanted. They just kept saying, well, and I and this is the thing about me. It wasn't like the birth parents were ever going to get those children back. I mean, it just wasn't going to happen, you know. Um, but instead, the trauma, the trauma that they continue to put mm-hmm. through. And by the way, I know I'm going to get the hate. I get it all the time. You guys, you find me on social media, you text, you send me emails, you're fostering change. Listen, this is my opinion. Okay. This is my opinion. I've lived it with my five children. I grew up in this system. This is my opinion. And yes, I believe reunification should be our goal, but you also have to understand that reunification is a lot slimmer than what people want to talk about. Okay. And it's not because somebody doesn't want to reunify their children with the birth parents. It's because they're not safe. Totally agree. In some cases, it's not appropriate at all. And our little one ended up being reunified with her birth mother. And I had hired privately, you know, a public defender. Like phenomenal head DA, a previous DA got licensed and took our little one because we ended up moving out of the state we were in. She came with us and um, judge ordered her back because the department did the wrong transfer paperwork. Oh, I can't even, I I swore I wasn't going to get into this today because it's so upsetting. And they removed her, set her back. And she had a very powerful team back where we moved from. And the department, and this is somebody who worked in the sexual assault unit, was absolutely floored. So you have me over here in a different state advocating her, who worked with sexual assault victims, absolutely floored at the complete disregard of a child saying, no, this is what happened. And just complete disregard at all costs. We called it the all cost reunification. It didn't matter what this child, and I've been saying since we got our first two, you know, many years ago, the laws have to change. But then I get into, you know, taking more kiddos and I'm like, well, you know, well, I don't even know anything like my books. I didn't even know. <laughs> That's my goal is to get involved somehow. And with my experience, um, change the laws somehow. I have no clue how to do it. But the law is absolutely, you could take a baby with bleeding on the brain, with broken ribs, and they just keep sending them and the baby's screaming, it's not eating. Children are covered in burns, sexual, like physical sexual assault symptoms or physical 
physical, physical assault, you know, lacerations on their body parts. And they still make these kids go and they're screaming and they're up at night screaming and they're re-traumatizing and it's so wrong. And I have so much passion behind it. And like I said, I have no clue. <laughs> All I you saw me, but I will tell you the first thing that we're doing is what we're doing today, Carrie, is we're coming together, we're talking about it, we're educating people because people do not know. And again, I want people to realize Carrie and I are not saying reunification is not for everybody. You know, we do believe that children, you know, every one of us falls and every single person needs to be helped up, but we cannot do it on the backs of a child. And the fact is, is that it's an industry that makes money on the backs of children and children deserve to have a voice as well. And mm -hmm. especially when you're talking about physical abuse, I'm not talking about you couldn't afford formula. I'm right. not talking about the fact that you couldn't afford daycare. I'm not talking about the fact that you're having to experience homelessness. I'm talking about the fact when you take your hand and you put it upon a child and mm -hmm. you mark them to a point that not mm -hmm. only have you marked them where we see it, you've marked them up here. Listen, Carrie, it has been such a pleasure. You and I could go on forever and you've got to come back because we have so much more to talk about. But the book is called Tummy Mom. Okay, um, we're going to have the link on to Carrie's website. You can get it at Amazon. Um, I will have to tell you what a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you for being a mom for 20 children who just want to be loved. You know, they just want to be loved. And, and that's the thing. Kids just want to be wanted. They want to feel safe. They want to know that they can thrive within life and someone's there to support them. And that's exactly what you're doing. So listen, everybody, thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for making us number one. We are so, so excited. I cannot wait for the other episode, but I cannot wait for you to hear the conversation that we just had today. I hope you continue to do exactly what we all should be doing. And that is be a good human. Take care. Thank you. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening or watching the latest episode of Fostering Change. All of us on our team hope that you've learned something new today and have been inspired to be a good human. Now, just a reminder that you can always find Fostering Change on your favorite channels on Google, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and others including, of course, ComfortCases.org. I want to give a big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every week. And a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a guest, or maybe you might have a question about today's podcast, or are interested in becoming a sponsor of Fostering Change, please don't hesitate to email me personally at fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. Now, that's it for now. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.